0: Welcome to the 5% Club with your hosts Maria Mejia and David Pataki as they dig deep into what it takes to start, grow, and take your business to new levels. They do this by demystifying common mistakes, roadblocks, and pitfalls by handing you strategies, tips, and hacks. Get your pen and paper ready because here they are. Welcome
1: back to another episode. My name is Maria Mejia, your imported accountant.
0: And I am David Pataki, your Panastic business coach. I know she came up with the Panastic thing, but <laughs> I don't know.
1: Well, it's there for life now.
0: <laughs> well, the imported uh, the imported accountant makes a lot more sense. It's actually uh, more. Wow!
1: But the the.
0: The important accountant is, is, is better.
1: It's better suited for me.
0: Oh, no, it's, it's more beneficial because she can do the taxes in two different countries. Anyways.
1: Well, if you want to smile, just talk to David for a little bit, and you'll definitely smile through his puns.
0: Well, either it'll be a pun or it'll be some silly thing that I can't even get out of my mouth properly. But anyways... <laughs> What is our topic for today, Maria?
1: So today I kind of want to talk about uh, running and starting your business on a shoestring budget. So, you know, David and I have both started businesses um, from the ground up. And so we have that experience of not being a Kardashian and not having billions of dollars from mommy or daddy to run our businesses. And so I personally had to, you know, take out some money from my personal, the family savings accounts, after the conversation and approval of my spouse, of course. And so David, kind of, why, don't, why? don't you kind of tell us some of your experience of starting a business with a shoestring budget?
0: <laughs> right. Well, you know, this is a great time of uh, in in history to start businesses. You know, COVID has, has definitely shook a bunch of things up. Uh, some people have uh, have been eliminated in their jobs or they're not quite satisfied. So they've got a business idea that they've been uh, running around in their head for a little while. You know, this is episode three. So we're actually building on what it's like to start a business. You know, we touched on some of the foundations in the last couple of episodes, but this one we want to talk about how you can start up on a budget on a shoestring budget. You know, one of the things you could do as, as Maria said, and if, if not possible, if you know, if you've got a little bit of a runway when you know that you're going to launch in six weeks or, or sorry, six months, put it, put aside as much of savings as you can towards that. But there's many things that we can do in the meantime when you're ready to start. Now, if it's a product based business, that's definitely a, a lot of different things to consider versus a service based business of course, depending on the service-based business, you may have to buy equipment or special tools and so on. So there's definitely different things that you have to consider. But definitely, the best way is to be as creative as, as possible. And what I mean by that is, take a look at what the business is that you want to start. And you look around, you've already done your homework, you know what the other what the competition is doing. You know what you know what they're charging, you've kind of got all, all that figured out. Then you go, well, what can I do differently? Or how can I deliver this differently on a budget? And if it's a product, let's say, let's say it's a clothing, for example, you want to get into fashion and, and you're able to bring in a certain kind of a clothing line in, a great way to do it is if you could do an e-commerce site. Now there's different levels of doing the e-commerce site. You can pay someone to do it, of course, know there goes all your budget there uh, there are there's Etsy there's Shopify there's other types of uh, sort of pre-set up e-commerce sites or you can get yourself uh, you know a Wix or um, a squ- uh, Squarespace, Squarespace yeah. uh, um, website you get that set up and you can do e-commerce on there as well and that that's a great way to get it going at a low at a low cost but then it comes to the inventory like you, you, know, economies of scale would say that you know if you buy in bulk that you're that each item will be cheaper per overall. item overall. But the problem with that is it's a much bigger investment in the beginning. Uh, so what you can do is you could sort of drop ship if you can make arrangements with your with your vendors, saying, look, I'm going to have e-commerce, I'm going to buy from you, order from you, and you ship from your location directly to your customer got to make sure that sort of a blind ship or if they've they're able to put your, your labels on it or that type of stuff, that, that is one way that you can do the e-commerce site. But one thing that you definitely want to do, don't do is you don't want to go out there and assign a, assign a lease on any kind of storefront or anything like that because you, you don't even, if you don't have any sales, you don't even, you're not even, Ready to pay the rent, and you don't want to spend all your budget on on a rent in a space where you don't even know if you're, you're going to be able to make it work.
1: Definitely, another thing to keep in mind when it comes to potentially signing a lease is what is the foot traffic. You know, is the lease in one location better than another because you know your services or your products are better for people who just walk in window shop or are you just someone who needs a space to do their work and then you know you ship your things out, 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 out elsewhere so you don't need that foot traffic so understanding you know the demographic of the area where you might potentially lease from is very important.
0: Right and, and if you do find that a space a retail space is something that you, you definitely need to have then this goes back to being creative. Is there an already established retailer that you can either rent a certain space from them or you can set up sort of a consignment or a commission based uh, process there where, you know, when you sell the product, they get a piece of the action. Uh, But that way you're keeping your overhead down. Right. And, and clearly you want to make sure that you, if you're selling clothes that you're not going to go into a bakery and throw up a clo- closet in one, in one corner of the store. You have to make sure that it's somewhat um, a similar business that uh, will be targeting similar uh, tar- prospects that you're after.
1: Yep. Uh, that kind of reminds me of a little, I, it's a little like cookie. So she sells, she bakes little cookies. And there's a little farmer's, it wasn't really a farmer's market, but it's like a little farm store that's locally owned. And so she kind of partnered with them where the farm store would buy X amount of cookies from her, but she's able to set up a little table there and still represent herself. But the farmer's um, the farmer's store would be the ones receiving the money um, at the end of that day kind of thing. So having some kind of partnership with them, um, whether that be written, where they receive where they purchase and then they receive the sales amount, or where you pay to rent that little space.
0: Right, and another, you know, to build on that, whether it's a, a farmer's market, depending on what time of year it is, but another thing to consider, if, if the product is unique enough that you could consider yourself, uh, consider doing a pop-up location, you know, whether it's outside or whether you can find a vacant um, space and, and negotiate with the, with the landlord to see if you can do it for a few weeks or for a month. But that way you, you put a lot of um, marketing effort into it and kind of jumpstart. You can find a, it's a way to do a short term lease and, and get a gauge on how well your, your product will be uh, received in the market. Now, if it's a service based business, you don't have to worry so much about location, but then you might have to worry about, do I need special equipment? Do I need special tools or, or clothing? For example, like depending on what it is, do you need to uh, get work boots and spend a, a chunk of change on, on clothes like that? Or if, or if it's a handyman service, you know, are you going to go out there and buy, you know, $5,000 worth of power tools? So what you can consider is, well, what can I get secondhand? You know, you can look on Facebook and Kijiji. You can look at, uh, you know, the pawn shops, that type of stuff, uh, Facebook marketplace. There's lots of ways to look around or even just ask people, ask friends. you know, just put a request online in search of this. So you need to be, you know, use that word frugal. You need to, but frugal, smart and creative again, right? Like you want to make sure that that you look at the big picture and you go, okay, yes, I would love that brand new uh, Milwaukee saw and, and drill and impact set and the table saw. Oh, you know what? Oh, and I'm going to need a, a trailer to move that all around in. And all of a sudden you, you look at it and you've got a $15,000 bill where, and you haven't done, you know, a single sale. So what could you do differently? Yes, you know, use the vehicle you've got to begin with. Uh, You could even rent specific equipment if it's a larger ticket item. You know, if you need it for a day or half a day, there are rental shops where you could rent it for just that, just for that period of time. Or you look at buying it secondhand.
1: Yeah, you can also look, um, depending on what kind of services you give, whether that be like decal or any other type of print or maybe 3D printing, uh, your local library or any other local shops might have that material or that equipment already and might have that option to rent out the equipment for a certain amount of time. I know here in, in our town, they have kind of this little, what they call a tinker shop. Where they have a bunch of different types of equipment that people can rent out for a couple hours to use in their own businesses, and they don't charge like a ridiculously large fee, um, you know, it, as if you have to pay for your own kind of equipment. So you know, look around; there might be an option uh, for that in your community, or even maybe in the next town over.
0: Right. Yep. Yeah, there, there. Either I don't know if they called creative labs, or mm-hmm. there's even uh, make it labs. Uh, throughout the, a lot of the, the fairly decent sized towns and definitely cities would have that. A uh, great option there, Maria, to, to look at doing that. And, and what's great about that scenario is that the, typically there there's other people there that you could either talk to, collaborate with, uh, and learn from.
1: Yeah, they might have some, especially if you're very new at using the equipment, they might have tips like, hey, careful, maybe this machine kind of acts up after X amount of units being made, so give it a good kick, <laughs> and that will start working for you again. Uh, another thing... Well, that,
0: just don't kick oh, it too hard. <laughs> yeah,
1: don't, don't break it, or else you'll have to pay for a new one. <laughs> uh, another thing to keep in mind, um, whether to buy a new, pro- or new equipment or not, is the option of either buying the equipment outright or potentially leasing a new or used equipment as well. Because sometimes that could be um, less expense and it would be an expense uh, spread throughout the use of the product or the equipment.
0: Right, and and people may not know that, but you can actually get leasing for used equipment. As long as there's value to it, clearly uh, it wouldn't make much sense to lease uh, a $1,000 a winter beater car but um, you know if, if if there's enough value in there left in in the product or or the the, the asset it's definitely consider leasing especially uh, if it's used and it's startup just do it
1: I'm just, just do it
0: <laughs> just do it <laughs> oh there's a copyright infringement sorry Nike
1: <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, like there's a lot of things to take into consideration, and it can become overwhelming. But you know, talk to other people who have started their business either in the same field or a similar field and potentially collaborate with them. As you know, as we were talking about, maybe in your little tinker shop, you come in contact with someone who's already kind of in their own business that's the same as you. Um, look for other opportunities, either people in your same field or maybe adjacent field fields that might be able to give you some help, some wisdom. Maybe they know some people. So having that network um, opportunities would be is very helpful.
0: Right. And then, you know, we've talked about uh, joint venture partners in the past, and, and here's an excellent opportunity. If you could find someone that, that uh, complements your, your product or service right away and they don't actually offer that product or service, then right, right away, if they're established, you've got yourself, um, you know, a ready partner that can bring in revenue right off the bat.
1: That's helpful.
0: But it's very helpful, you know, and, and the thing with being on a shoestring budget, that's where the numbers become, watching your numbers, tracking it, uh, common sizing, all the fun stuff that Maria always talks about. Uh, so do you want just to elaborate a bit there on what are the key things you should be looking, should be watching for when you're on the budget?
1: Yeah, so just to start out with, you know, when you use, especially if you're on a shoestring budget, you don't have to go out and buy a $1,000, you know, high-end accounting, bookkeeping, tracking type software. You can, there's lots of free software out there that you can use, Um, especially if you have inventory that you need to track, you know, try and find one of the the cheaper ones, but also that, you know, they give you the reports that you want. Um, So what you'd be wanting, so if you're a product-based business, what you wanna be keeping track of is, you know, how much inventory are you moving around? And do you have inventory that's kind of just sitting either in your warehouse or in that spare room in your house? Like how long (laughs) is it sitting there? That is the warehouse. (laughs) Spare room is the warehouse. How long is it sitting there? are you able to sell the same amount um, or more of what you're having being shipped in or is it just sitting there for months on end? If you're a service-based business, um, like are you charging enough for the time that you are spending on those services? You know, if you're just charging $20 and you're spending 50 hours on it, like is that really, is that the best use of your time? Are you charging enough your value, which we'll be talking about in a later podcast. We'll kind of get deep dive on that a bit more. But like, are you charging enough for that kind of thing? And then are you?
0: Well, I just, I want to jump in there for a second there. When you're talking about the, what you're going to charge per hour, even if it's a service based, you have to think about, okay, you, your cost, your time is something, but you also have to cover other costs, which is potentially marketing your website, your phone, your gas, Equipment. Uh, your computer or whatever it is that you have it if it's a landscaping business all of that so you have to factor it's not just your time what, what I find a lot of entrepreneurs go uh, say is oh you know what I did that it, it took me three hours to do it and I only charged 50 bucks no, I was only my time and, and that's the wrong mentality because when you fall into that you're devalu- devaluing yourself and, and it's hard to put, get the right mindset so that the next time you, don't, you fall back into that same trap. So what you gotta do is figure out what your hard costs are, figure out what your time is worth, and try your best to stay at that number. If that number ends up being $50 an hour, or $75 an hour, or $100 an hour, whatever that is, you, you gotta do your best to stick to your guns to make sure you do that. Because as soon as you lower that hourly rate, you're eating straight into your profit. And if you don't have any profits, then your business is not going to succeed.
1: So you know it comes very important to track all those little expenses. So how much are you paying for internet? You know how much? Obviously, you know if you need a computer, like how much did you pay for that computer before you started your business? And all these other things. If you have a home based business, how much are you paying for your electricity, your hydro, and your mortgage? You know, those stuff can be claimed on your tax return at the end of the year. So it's good to keep track of that. And then to have also factor that into, you know, the price of your service or your product.
0: And remember, like if this business is if this is a business that's not just a side hustle. And you want to either replace your current income, or you want to be able to earn more than you are at your current job, then you then being, you know, putting on that business owner's hat and looking at working on the business right from the beginning is a hack that you need to think about right now. Don't think about it. Oh, it's a passion thing. Again, it depends on what you wanna do. If you, if, if all you wanna do is, is have a little bit of fun with it, earn a little bit of extra cash on the side, then you just go ahead and have fun with it. But if you legitimately want this to be a profitable business that can earn you decent revenue, it's best to start off right at the beginning, and you know, we talked about with the foundational stuff, start tracking your numbers, start tracking your costs so that you, you know what your profit margin is. Like in, in, in the beginning, finding out what that is is sort of a standard you you find you know the baseline and then you look at to what can i do to improve that profit margin because at the end of the day if you're at a 30% profit margin for every dollar that you that you earn through revenue there's only 30 cents of that's profit and what a lot of small business owners, especially in the beginning, they kind of forget is that they get a they get paid $200 for whatever it is, and they go, "Oh, woo-hoo, I got $200. I'm going to go spend it." But what did it cost in real costs to produce that product or service for $200? And if you're looking at a 30% profit margin, then only $60 of that $200 is actually profit.
1: So. Figure out how much things are going to cost you, keep track of it, and price accordingly.
0: Yeah. I know when, especially when you're starting out, you you devalue your your time and and all that kind of stuff. And what typically happens is that whatever um, price you're charging for the product or service, you're going, you know, I'm happy if I just break even. But the problem is that it is very, very difficult to increase the prices after you get going with a client. So if you're charging a client $200 for the service and at the end of the day or at the end of the month or two months down the road, you realize I'm only making $20 every time I I do that that service for that person. Then you go, well, I need to charge $260 so I can have a $70, profit on that and they're gonna go whoa wait a minute you told me it was two hundred dollars I mean you some are okay when you if you explain to them that that you're new at this value and, added. Uh, you know uh, then you can look at value add but I mean typically people get going on a product or a service in the beginning and they 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 undervalue what it is and it's very difficult to go up but it's much easier to go down so if you want to sort of uh, Especially in the beginning, you're kind of almost guessing a little bit based on, you know, you can kind of figure out what your, your costs are, but it's better to estimate high and lower your price if you need to.
1: For sure. And if you don't know or you don't have any experiences, consult with a professional. You know, there are many professionals who are experienced or they specialize in whatever field that you decide to go into, you know, ask them like, am I charging enough? Should I be tracking different expenses? Um, Should I be going for this loan? Should I buy this um, equipment? You know, talk to them, Um, whether that be an accountant or a business coach, (laughs) you know ask them those questions. I had a client come to me recently they're like oh I just uh, purchased this truck should I put it under my own personal name or my business name you know we had a discussion about like what was the use of the truck are you just going to be using it for your business and transportation of, of, of specifically business products Now, I'm like just put it in your business name that way you can write off everything it's a bit less tracking that you have to do, a less stress on you um, in the long run. So consult with a professional. <laughs> That's my point there.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's always uh, help out there there if you need it. Um, you know, we're, we're doing our best with, with our podcast here and, um, and our Facebook Lives to get as much information out as possible, but uh, you're, you can always reach out to us. Uh, we'd be happy to answer any question.
1: Yep, we are here for the small business and the new business startups. Even if you, you know, if you just came from being an employee and you're like, okay, I want to start my own business, you know, we're here for those types of people as well. We're here for you. Um, And we hope that these, this podcast and everything else that we're on is helping you. And remember, as I always say in each episode, write something down. Once you have something written down, welcome to the 5% Club. 5%
0: 5% Club, 5% Club. There we go.
1: There's my echo. Yes. <laughs> I've been missing it.
0: <laughs> well, see, that that's one of our, our budget uh, budget things here so that we could do this uh, podcast. And um, we, we are not ready to invest in any kind of um, special effects. So uh, that's me. <laughs> Sorry. Now Sorry. I see
1: why he's a Sorry. fantastic. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> So, uh, you know, like, subscribe, uh, rate us. Uh, we're on just about every podcasting platform there is. You know, or... Share do, us. Share us. Did you say share us? I'd,
0: recommend oh, us. Yeah.
1: You know, let, let the whole world know. And, you
0: know... <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Let the whole world know. It's and, about one person at a time.
1: One person at a time. And if you have any questions or any topics that you want us to cover, you know send us the message drop that in the comments section and we will definitely talk about it and highlight it in um, following uh, podcast episodes.
0: All right so uh, from the uh, for the uh, the imported accountant and I'm the panastic business coach until next time.
1: have a good one.